Hi there, I'm Nancy Teague, and welcome to Crazy Good God Podcast. As I stated in the previous episode, the prodigal son parable is mislabeled. This parable is really about the father and his two sons, blind to seeing who their father really was. Jesus uses these two blind sons to help show us the father. A dear friend who enjoys these podcasts said recently she didn't like the prodigal son parable because the bad guy got off the hook and was celebrated, concluding, that's not fair. In our religiosity, wouldn't we agree? Bad behavior needs consequences, correction, and possibly punishment, right? Jesus teaches on the contrary. The father did not admonish or correct the prodigal for wanting his inheritance now. And he also did not stop him from leaving. The father knew he was young, immature, leading to unwise choices, but he let him go. Jesus said, I don't come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Repentance means change your way of thinking. Religious repentance means grieving over your sins, begging forgiveness, being remorseful, beating yourself up, and vowing to do better the next time. So the prodigal was a sinner, right? Would you consider him least, last, lost, little? That is who Jesus came for, and that's how Robert Farrar Capon describes them. Unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Think about the parables of lost coin and sheep and the lame, poor, maimed, blind, invited to the feast. The prodigal sure looked like a real loser. The good news? This loser was destined to be a winner. Why? He was good as dead. Robert Farrar Capon also said, Grace only works on the dead. Whoa! Now... That's deep insight. Hmm, changes one's outlook on death. Why did the prodigal son want to take off? Feeling his oats? Heard of far-off adventures from friends? Was there a deeper reason? How about the elder brother's opinion of him? Did the prodigal never feel good enough in the eyes of his perfect, hard-working elder brother? Perhaps the prodigal was thinking, I need more room. I can't live under my brother's judgmental looks. Worth considering, as there is the dynamic of the self-righteous elder son in the parable. You know, as onlookers in this parable, it's easy to judge the prodigal. We think, well, look at his wasteful, squandering living. One thing I've learned is God is all about our being just being. He's not about our behavior, but we sure are. We focus on behavior, good or bad, to size up someone's worth or acceptability. With our focus on behavior, we are compromised on truly seeing our true inherent value, let alone others. Know this, when God looks at everyone, all he sees is our inherent value. He sees us in his Son. Talk about incredible value. Jesus is God's plumb line, 
not our behavior. The father was hands-off, let it be, in his son's wills and choices. But by golly, he was hands-on in his heart for his prodigal son's being. Moreover, the father was hands-on in his effusive reception of his wayward son. The prodigal hadn't even got to the house. He was a long way off. But the father saw, and the word saw in the Greek means to perceive with the mind, and took off running to him. He wasn't waiting for his son to come to him. The father pulled up his robe and bared his legs. Taboo in that culture because undignified. Running to him, the father engulfed him in welcoming delight and kissed him. Now check this out. The Greek verb tense for kissed meant a continual action. He could not stop kissing him. What a way to show the father's value of the wayward son's being. Think that those kisses and unconditional acceptance were just the beginning of a greater celebration. What revelation awaited the dear prodigal son? The father showed it was all about just being. Behavior and choices weren't even the point of the parable. Your heavenly father wants to smother you in his kisses because he delights in your being. Until next Wednesday, enjoy your being because God sure does. Bliss to you and never forget, God is absolutely crazy about you.